Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, and this is the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. It's the show that makes the power normal normal and the supernatural quite natural, and that's exactly what has happened over the past week and a half since the partial disclosure through the New York Times article that UFOs are real and they may not be us. There's been quite the buzz stirring about it. I'm going to do a detailed analysis of what that could mean for us, what the angle is here with the mainstream, because something stinks, my friends. I don't think we're getting the whole story, as I'm sure you're not surprised that my conspiracy-minded brain is going to look to the deeper, hidden agenda going on here. So we're going to look at that and break that down, as well as some other things going on in current events. Once again, been a crazy week for me. I don't know what's going on. Last week I was telling you how I've been sick for the past three months. I was finally on the mend. Uh, this past Monday, I'm feeling a lot better. I took my kids out. My wife and I took my kids out to see Santa Claus. It was a neat experience for them. And uh, I got home about 11 o'clock at night. I wake up and the stomach flu hit me. I don't know what is going on with my health. I have never, ever, ever been this unhealthy for this long. I- I'm usually taking care of everything. And anyway, it it just it, it beat me up and I just couldn't get better. The fatigue and the malnourishment. I didn't eat for about three days. Not to I'm not well, I am complaining a little bit, but I'm just trying to give you a backstory here. Uh, because it's had an impact on me and I realized, you know, I've gotten laxed with my diet. I'm I'm uh, I'm always trying to promote eating healthy and making your own medicine and uh, the sugary processed foods have kind of snuck their way back into my home. I don't want to say in large quantities, but they're there. They're they're there. It's it's the holidays since Thanksgiving, uh, and I've cheated on you know my personal diet and values on, on things that I should put into my body. And I think that that's compromised my immune system along with uh, it's been a lot of stress in my life. And uh, so it, it's been a big wake up call for me. I I mean I, I broke down this week. I just I just broke down because I just. I had to work. I had to take care of my kids. I had to help get ready for the holidays, and I had nothing. I had nothing left. I was just, I just broke down. Um, but yesterday, finally being done with school for the holiday season now, um, you know, yesterday I, I was able to move at my own pace, and I was able to make myself two smoothies and and some soups and just put the nourishment my body needed. And for the first time in a month yesterday. I started to feel like myself, uh, and, and and I think that's so important, and this is why internally I was so conflicted, because our society does not allow for the time for us to care for ourselves the way we need to, and for us to heal the way we need to, um, and that, that's so important, we need to make the time, and sometimes our job and the demands of our family don't allow it, you need to find a way. Because it wasn't until I had that day off, that actual day off from work, and I was able to just put the button, hit the pause button, and reset. It's scary. This really humbled me. This really 
Uh, you know, it scared me. Humble's not even the word. It scared me. Um, so we need to take the time to take care of ourselves. I think that's of the utmost importance. Take time for you and your body, your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health. Very important, my friends. All right, so I'm going to move past that. Have a uh, an interesting story. You know, you know, and yesterday as I'm feeling better, it, it's neat how I noticed my uh, my intuition started coming back because I felt disconnected from everything. Psychically, I just felt... You know, I just didn't have that connection that I usually have to connect with things and feel things and read things because my body was working so hard on just healing, which it needed to do. Um, but I was out running some errands yesterday, and I, I had, in my head, I had plans. I said, okay, I'm going to stop off. You know, I visualized, I know this one little uh, hardware store. I said, I'm going to stop in this hardware store and uh, and park there, you know, as I'm driving and check my list. I don't want to be reading through my phone as I'm driving. I had a list of things I had to do. I'm going to check my list and plan my next stop at this little hardware store parking lot. And as I'm driving, I was like, oh, look, there's a parking lot even more convenient for me. It's a, um, it was just a little car wash parking lot. So let me pull in there. As I'm getting ready to pull into that parking lot, my gut tells me, this is wrong, dude. Don't stop here. This is not the right place for you to stop. I, I, I can't explain it. It's just this gut feeling tells me, this is bad. I said, okay, I'm going to listen to it. So I pulled out and I continued down to this hardware store that I had been visualizing. Pulled into the hardware store, backed my car in and I stopped. and look up in front of me and I see my friend's vehicle. Uh, and I'm looking at it and I'm going, wow, I've been pict- I had been picturing my friend, I, actually his vehicle, I've been picturing him all day during my drive, thinking I've seen it everywhere. It was the weirdest thing. I kept thinking I saw him. He's had some stuff going on in his life. Uh, and, and him and I have been trying to connect for probably about two months. So I was, I, I knew right then and there, the reason why I'd been seeing his car in my mind, the reason why that other parking lot felt wrong was because I needed to connect with him that day. And uh, and I did. I ran into the hardware store and I found him, gave him a big hug. Uh, like I said, he's had some stuff going on. He texted me later. He said he was so happy to see me. Um, you know, and I, and I realized, I said, you know what, that's why, that's why it was important for me to see him. We need to connect him and I, we have some projects that we're going to be putting together. Um, but you know, just, it goes to the importance of get in touch with that intuition and listen to that inner voice. You know, again, I think a lot of us through mainstream, through Hollywood, we expect psychic data to come in the form of this massive vision or to hear this voice in our head like Obi-Wan, no, Luke, use the force. That's not, for me, that's not what it is. Some people do have connections with their guides and it's more, um, what's the word, more fantastic. But for me, it's there's nothing fantastic about it. It's a tiny little voice or a tiny little energy that I feel and I've just learned to hone in on it. And you all may have your own different methods. Just what I'm saying is don't ignore the subtleties and take a chance. That's how I learned to listen to it is because I've been wrong before and I've learned, okay, that feeling is not, doesn't work. It does, it's not, the, it's, that's my imagination. But I've also learned, nope, this is what my intuition feels like. So the more you experiment with it, the more you're going to find it leads you to great things and just go with it. Go with the flow sometimes, even if you think it's going to be silly or wrong. I'm telling you, great things are going to, uh, are going to come from it. I'm working from a list here tonight. I always try to make a list before every show, and then I never look at the list, but there's so many things I want to cover tonight, so I'm actually going to check things off as I go. You know, it's interesting. Uh, last week's show, I, I talked about the um, Farsight Institute's remote viewing prediction. In November, they did remote viewing predictions for December. If you haven't checked them out, please check it out every month. Their time cross project. It's fascinating. But she said something that really scared me. 
um, you know, she predicted, she said there's a major blackout. She says, I think it's nationwide. Uh, and she says people were scared to be told to stay in their homes. And she kept coming back. She says, and there's a UFO or there's some craft in the air. I don't know what it is. It's concerning. So uh, I've been tracking this. I've been nervous all month thinking, oh my gosh. But, you know, we know remote viewing data isn't always 100% accurate. Now, the month's not over. We could still face a nationwide blackout from a, a variety of sources. However, uh, come on. Every time I click on a link, the, I, don't, I hate when websites automatically start playing their audio. Sorry. Side note. But anyway, back to the Farsight. It, it's not always 100% accurate. It's not always accurate at all. But in tracking this, the Farsight did record the total power outage in Atlanta International Airport uh, as one of their hits. Now, that's the, one of the biggest airports in the world. They have all these backup generators, and systematically, everything failed. I forget for how many hours people were in total darkness, total blackouts, nothing. They had no power. All flights were grounded. Okay, so I'd say this is at least a partial hit to uh, to the Farsight, and they're counting as one as well to the Farsight's Farsight's prediction of a of a major major blackout. Um, and again, if we accepted remote viewing data and we used it more frequently and in more areas as opposed to just one group doing it for the entire country, we could localize things like this, and we could get corroborating target data, uh, and then we could go deeper and analyze those targets to get better detailed information. This is just one shot in the dark. Imagine what we could do with the team of viewers and really break down what's happening. And you tie that into other known world events, and you can really do some great predictive analysis. Anyway, through 4chan, now I, I got to give my shout out to Ray Davis. Ray's, Ray's been tracking this story, and through Six Sense Media uh, on the Facebook feed and on the Twitter feeds, if you're not following us, Please, you need to do that. The, the, the information coming through here from a variety of sources, thanks to the, the hard work of author, author Ray Davis, um, that's where I'm getting my news now, in all honesty, is, is through the work that, that Ray really is pulling all the current events into here. I'm finding a lot of news through the Sixth Sense Media um, you know, Facebook feed and Twitter feeds all day long. Uh, and it's, it's this type of stuff. If you enjoy my show, you'll enjoy the feeds on here. So please, if you're following us, please share it, help share it, and help grow the page for us. But uh, Ray had a quick commentary on December 20th. He said, Atlanta authorities are still unsure what caused fire that disabled the main and backup power for the world's busiest airport. It's interesting. You knock over a liquor store, there's video all over TV. If you murder dozens from a room in a billion-dollar hotel in Las Vegas where we need to determine what happened to the power system of the world's busiest airport, there's never any footage. How does that work? Uh, great points there, Ray. Uh, and he has some uh, some links, you know, talking about that a little bit more. Uh, another post that Ray threw up there uh, uh, in the interesting file, December 7th, there was heavy black smoke at the Atlanta airport. Officials said it was a fire drill. Again, things aren't adding up. Uh, and then we have a link on there as well. I'll get these links up in the show notes uh, for people that subscribe to the secret newsletter. But 4chan, through Anonymous uh, at this, and on the Sixth Sense Media page, the 4chan, uh, I guess, forum had a, an anonymous user show a mysterious aircraft landed at the Atlanta airport minutes before the blackout and was the only craft to take off during the blackout. And I believe this craft, this aircraft has um, ties to Israel and specializes in unusual 
cargo could have been anything from exotic animals to nuclear or, or biological weapons apparently so that's an interesting thread if you're not following that uh you know through 4chan we have it up on six cents media i'll have it in the show notes and then the secret newsletter as well you can check that out something shady happened friends we need to understand there are factions in this world that do things that deceive us conspiracies do exist the media is in their pocket i'm not off the deep end and saying that i think that's common knowledge at this point in time which is why i hope you're picking and choosing your sources wisely. Check the mainstream to see what their spin is, but please come back to sources like us uh, you know, to, to get the real scoop. Or at, I don't even want to say the real scoop, to get the objective scoop uh, from multiple angles so we can draw our own conclusions as media should be. I'm not claiming to have all the answers, but we do have the questions, my friends. All right, so what was that craft that landed there in Atlanta? I know Ray's uh, continuing to pull information on that as it comes across his feeds uh, as well. Uh, but it really does make you wonder. My point being, the Farsight Institute, in their prediction, said there was going to be a blackout, and they said there was some kind of UFO, unidentified vehicle. Could this aircraft be that UFO? Again, UFO doesn't mean alien. It just means unidentified, and we'll get to that later as well. Uh, but uh, Farsight, uh, again, you're knocking it out of the park. Uh, it, it, they're definitely onto something there. In addition, though, last night, SpaceX uh, launched a uh, one of their rockets, and through, I think, launched it out of Arizona and over California. Really amazing to see. It's like watching Star Trek now, what, what, what Elon Musk and his company is doing. But people were reporting this initially as some crazy UFO. Could that be part of what the Farsight was seeing? I, I don't know. But really exciting times for science uh, that we're living in right now. You know, Elon Musk, I'm, I'm critical of him with his uh, Neuralink stuff and his AI stuff. But the, 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 I got to give credit or credit. The man's a genius and he's an innovator. And I do appreciate a lot of what he does and what he's trying to do despite the the hate and negativity uh he receives he's uh, he's a game changer and i do respect the man I, I don't always like everything that he's doing but i do respect the man i really do uh let's see what uh, i thought i had a couple news stories here um where are we at here you know what i'm not even going to get to it uh, here we go there, there's one from uh daily mail the robot knows when you're lying uh and the, the robot knows when you're lying. Scientists create an AI that can detect deception in the courtroom, and it's already significantly better than humans. The system called D.A.R.E. was trained by watching 15 videos of people in court. It was trained, recognized five expressions that indicate someone is lying. These are frowning, raised eyebrows, lips turning up, lips protruding, and head tilt. In a final test, the system performed with 92% accuracy. The researchers described this performance as significantly better than humans. From raised eyebrow to the tilt of the head, you know, long story short, um, this again concerns me, the dependence that we're putting on AI. They're claiming it can now detect when you're lying. Number one, if it really can detect when people are lying, uh, another reason to be afraid, it, they can put these things everywhere. I'm not going to do an AI show tonight, um, but if they're putting them in the courtrooms, I, I have a problem with that. And, and not only that, Traditionally, in my, I've been trained in this. In, in, in it's called neurolinguistics. How to tell if somebody's lying? It doesn't mean everybody that raises an eyebrow is telling a lie. What it means to, to tell when somebody's lying, you need to establish a baseline. What does somebody normally do when they tell the truth? Then ask them a question that you suspect they're going to lie to. How do they change? What's the change? So I may raise my eye every time I'm confident I may raise my eyebrow, which I think I do. 
but when I tell a lie, I may move my body in a different fashion. So I, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of this algorithm that they're looking at. I think this is an old line of thought. Maybe it works. May I, I don't know. But again, this is concerning. This is another argument for me against AI being used against us, uh, my friends, because with the way the world's going, we may need to lie for our own survival. And again, it's playing without my authorization. All right, let me go through my checklist here. We got through that. We got through that. All right, I think uh, I think we're ready, my friends, to get into disclosure or the partial disclosure that we've seen. Uh, the New York Times article came out on December 16th. It's, it's a big deal uh, to have... Mainstream sources acknowledge that UFOs are real. And I feel partial vindication as somebody who's been exploring this, who's been a part of this, uh, you know, in my experience for over 20 years. This, this shaped my childhood, waking up with uh, strange things going on in my house. Now, it didn't address that aspect of it. It didn't address uh, beings from other planets, it didn't address the abduction phenomenon, but it's one step closer. It I don't want to say it opened the door. I'd say it unlocked the door to that discussion becoming public. But I think overall, I don't think this conversation is going where it needs to. And I think the mainstream is still tr controlling the spin. And that's the idea behind it. They give you a little bit, but they filter it and direct it and control it in the way they want you to think. And my mindset on this from the beginning has been, this has been a systematically planned disclosure effort in order for those in power to stay in power and use this story to release it in a way where they're still going to control your perceptions. I saw an interesting uh, video today. Uh, somebody posted two, he had two pictures of circles. It was a red circle and a blue circle. And he said, one of these circles is bigger than the other one. How many people think the red circle's, you know, bigger? And a bunch of people raised their hand. He goes, how many people think the blue circle is bigger? And a bunch of people raised their hand. And he said, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. He said to them, he said, I'm going to tell you, they're both the same exact size. He says, did you see how easy it was for me to manipulate your perceptions of something? He says, he said, if, if you can plant that seed of doubt, if you, can, if you can easily sway somebody to that, you can change somebody's opinion. He says, you say it often enough and you create a culture or a custom. He says, and you repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. People begin to believe it and accept it as fact. It's that easy to do. Now, we started seeing it. I'm going to say the, the official acknowledgement began when Ancient Aliens came out, the TV series. And I got sucked into it. And I'm not saying Asian Aliens is bad. I think it was great to open the door and the thought process. But it also, they, they also, the media also kind of gave it a, uh, a weirdo spin. Um, they, you know, it was, discredited is even, isn't even the right word. Because people that are in the field uh, can appreciate and respect the program. But from the outside, from the mainstream perspective, it was another tinfoil hat brigade the way they, that it was looked at and perceived. But that was the start of it all, in my opinion, to make it a conversation piece, to get the information more in people's faces. Besides all the Hollywood movies that people see out there, uh, you know, we started seeing movies like Prometheus come out where it's planting the same seed that there's ancient 
alien ancestors out there. That information started coming out in bigger droves now to make it more familiar, at least at a subconscious level. And there's research out there that this stuff does have an impact on your psyche, your perceptions, your worldviews. The more you see it, okay, the more it starts to become accepted. So the ancient aliens started coming out, and then you start having the efforts by Dr. Greer, um, by and, and now recently Tom DeLonge and David Wilcox and all the stuff that they're t- talking about pushing disclosure. Dr. Greer's work comes out. I mean, he did it back in 2000. He had you know the congressional hearings and whatever um, with, with these expert witnesses. And that's the one. That's what I do respect about Dr. Greer is he does he does talk a big game, but he also does provide some of his witnesses. Okay, you have other people out there who say, I've got these high-level intel sources. Dude, if you're not sharing them, I don't want to hear it. And I've said that before, and now I'm taking a really strong stance on that. I don't want to, I don't care about your high-level sources if they're not willing to provide you either uh, tangible evidence or reveal who they are and their connections that can be proven. Okay, But uh, Greer delivers on some of his sources. Some of his sources don't want to come out. He delivers on it. He's of the mindset that um, you know all aliens are good that a lot of the UFO sightings are from a secret uh, government program designed for some false flag invasion, but that we have, we, not we, but this secret program owns a lot of this tech. So that's what Stephen Greer has been fed. That's, you know, what, what he, his stance is, is that a lot of these UFOs and a lot of these abductions are done through these secret black project government organizations. Okay, I'm giving a quick summary here. You've got David Wilcock and Corey Good who talk about this secret space program and this whole cabal, and he talks about these warring factions within the government. How um, you know he's calling them the Alliance and the Cabal, and they're fighting against each other. And there's a hidden base, uh, a former alien art, uh, city on Antarctica that's going to eventually be released. What David Wilcock was saying is that you're going to see a lot of these pedophile rings. Um, finally be busted and it's going to take out a lot of political figures and it's going to be this whole big upset because the alliance is cleaning house within the cabal now there may be some truth to what wilcox saying i have a tough time swallowing a lot of the things he says but now with the hollywood stuff going on we do see a lot of these not necessarily pedophilia yet but that is starting to come out Corey feldman i think is gaining some traction with his stuff i did just see another uh person named in the mainstream with pedophilia so that is starting to uh, to happen. We are starting to see them being exposed and brought down. Um, does that mean that all the alien stuff is going to come out that Wilcock talked about? Not necessarily, no. But it does give the man a little bit more credibility. We are starting to see some of these things happen. Maybe he's just good at reading current events and, and conducting analysis as well. Uh, you know, I, I can't say for sure. But these things are happening, and some of these people who have been saying they're going to happen... You know, in some aspects, they are correct. We are seeing some of this stuff, okay? Uh, and then you have Tom DeLonge. Now, I've done a, a, a detailed analysis of DeLonge. I've been st- I've been tracking this current disclosure story, the New York Times story. I have personally been tracking this through the Seeker podcast uh, since it started, since, you know, its inception back in 2016, back with WikiLeaks, I have a, a, a six podcast playlist. If you're new to this, it's it's up there. I, I've been sharing the link through Six Six Sense Media. I have it in the show notes. I have it in the newsletter. I have it. You know, it's everywhere. If you want to get brought up to speed on the whole backstory to this, then then please go check out that playlist. 
CNN's not going to give you this story. The New York Times isn't going to give you this story. It's not going to give you this level of analysis and these connections. I'm not the only one doing this stuff, but it's a pretty good breakdown of everything if you want to go get it and listen to it at your leisure. I think there's about six episodes in there right now, and I'm going to add this podcast to it as well so you can get brought up to speed completely and understand what's going on, who these players are, and what this might mean. I think it'll give you a really good backstory. So DeLonge has been talking a big game, and he's been making a lot of people angry. And here's my frustration with DeLonge. I think the man's in over his head. Now, he did deliver partially, and I'm going to give him that credit. But the, like the other day, before this happened, on December 14th, uh, he did a Twitter post, and I took a screenshot of it. And he said, you're all so funny. The enormity of what I've pulled off has taken years and major sacrifice. Every time I see a doubter and impatience, I laugh at the ignorance slash insignificance of their views. The biggest secret, spelled S-E-K-R-E-T, in the world doesn't break open easily. There's a war inside D.C. I don't like his arrogance. When you make a big claim, buddy, you're going to get backlash. You need to expect that. But you're isolating yourself and you're turning people off. I don't like, and he's made a lot of these comments like that. And I, I, I gave him a piece of my mind. Not that he read what I'm, you know, what I'm saying. But I, I told him, I said, dude, we're a lot of us have been in this game for longer than you, and some of us, you know, and he's been there for a while. But just because he's got a ton of money doesn't mean that he's more vested in this than somebody like me who, who's not making a ton of money on this or, or, or the, the average listener out there who just does their own independent research and doesn't doesn't go public with it. Some of us can't go public with it, okay? Many of us are invested in this from a lot of different angles for a lot of different reasons, and I don't like his stance that, well, I've got the information, you just have to wait because I have this high-level source. Well, you know what, buddy? You are part of this game in ways that I don't think you're quite realizing yet. And I don't know that you'll ever, ever realize it. And I'm not the only one who's seeing it from this angle. Uh, and what I mean by that, let's look at this. Let me, let me get, let me step back here for a minute. Louis Elizondo. Uh, That's this high-level level Intel official who worked for the Pentagon, who was named, uh, who was a part of this disclosure, partial disclosure through the New York Times. He's the high-level source that's working with DeLange. He's a member of the To The Stars Academy. He's on the board. Um, he is the real deal. He did work for the Pentagon. That's all verifiable information right now. He was the guy running this uh, secret program to investigate UFOs for five years through the Pentagon. Okay? He, there was a quote by him through, I want to say it was uh, Aaron Burnett, uh, To The Stars Academy put this up, but it was during his interview with Aaron Burnett on CNN. It says, quote, I am first and foremost a soldier. I was honored to serve at the DOD and took my mission of exploring unexplained aerial phenomenon quite seriously. In the end, however, I couldn't carry out that mission because the department, which was understandably overstretched, couldn't give it uh, couldn't give it the resources that the mounting evidence deserved. So, under very good terms, I left to find an environment where investigating these phenomena is priority number one. I'm thrilled to say I found that environment at To The Stars Academy, an amazing team of top flight scientists from the defense industry and intelligence communities, and passionate creatives to help tell the story. We look forward to working closely with the U.S. government to produce the best possible results for America and the world. Okay, that was 
his quote there, and that was on on his interview with uh, with Aaron Burnett. I watched that interview, and it concerns me. Here's my take on it: is the budget over I want to say five years was twenty two million dollars. That's nothing. That's such a tiny amount of money. And, and now he's claiming that's one of the reasons why he he left because the government's not taking it as seriously as it should. He, you know, and, and where do I, how do I want to get into this? How do I want to start? Ultimately, I think that this guy Louis Elon Zanotto, I think he's telling you know the truth. I think he's. I think he left for the reasons that he said he left, that the government's not, from his perspective, is not seeing what they wanted. Ultimately, here's my conspiracy-minded brain. I think that that unit that he was a part of in the Pentagon was created specifically so this man could make this disclosure announcement and lead the story in the direction they want it to be led. You mean to tell me they didn't start investigating these things until 2007 to 2012? And now are just getting around to disclosing that, yep, they exist and we don't know what they are. As if this is something new, there is no there is no way that the people in control that run this government, that run this world, only know this. That this is the only program that has ever investigated it and, and had serious findings to it. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I think that this is what he had knowledge to, and I think that he's disclosing his program, but I think this program was released as a deception. I think the program was legitimate, but I think that the design of the program was to control the public's perception of disclosure. Does that make sense? It makes sense in my head. Okay, I don't know if I'm saying it clearly enough, but I think we need to at least keep that in mind, that that's how deep these things go. I think it's a ruse. I think it's a distraction. I think it's a branch. Let's go off in this direction. Dr. Greer's work, this, these programs have been going on for a very long time. This program makes it look like they've only been doing it from 2007 to 2012 from the vantage of the public. Now, the CNN art, a recent CNN article talked about historical accounts of UFO sightings. And this is what makes me mad, man, is because the UFO has, you know, bit their tongue at us, whatever. What's what I'm looking at? They've, they've laughed at us. They've Every time they talk about UFOs, it's always been with laughter and tinfoil hat jokes. They don't take it seriously. And now they have a credible story and now they want to cover it. And they're still not taking it seriously. Every time they ask a UFO question, one of the reporters in you know, the White House press brief, they're laughing about it as if they're embarrassed to even ask the darn question. In my opinion, you don't deserve to cover this story. You don't deserve for people to get the, this information from you. There's a lot of credible sources out there. I want to, not a rant, but I want to post on Facebook. You know, Six Sense Media being one of them. I know we're new, but we have vested the time and the research, you know, Ray and I, uh, you know, and our supporters, um, we've put a lot of years into studying this stuff. Linda Moulton Howe, hands down, uh, a fantastic UFO investigator. She's put the time in. She's put the money in. She has the credibility behind her. Whitley Strieber in Dreamland when he does. Red Ice Radio, David Icke and the work that he's done. Um, you know, uh, Indrick does uh, Red Ice Radio. Radio. Who else is out there? George Norrie, Coast to Coast. Um, you know, Jimmy Church. Uh, there, there's a lot of sources out there, and, and I'm not naming everybody. You know, um, 
who is it? Uh, Midlight in the Midlands. There's there's so many there's so many out there uh, that are considered the independent press, the independent media, who have been covering these stories. That's where we need to be turning to to get our analysis, to get our backstories, to listen to what's been going on, because I think. That's where you're going to get the full story. I'm tracking the mainstream stories to get the spin. I want to hear what they're saying because I'm trying to plot their next move. I'm trying to use you know, my own analysis to see, well, what are they planning? What are they going to do with this information? My initial thought when this story first came out is that we are being set up for a deception. Okay, That was my initial fear, my initial thought of this. That's what my gut told me. Then, with, within 24 hours of this information being released... Stephen Greer, he puts a post up there. Urgent. Note that the recent New York Times story is couched from a threat office of the Pentagon. This is a clear ramp up to false flag fake disclosure designed to prepare people for a threat from outer space so the warmongers and war profiteers have a new, bigger enemy. Beware. I don't always side with Stephen Greer, but I he posted what my gut was telling me that maybe this is being put out there to deceive the public and say, Hey, yep, these UFOs are there. And Oh my gosh, that's a threat. We need to weaponize space. That's been a big issue. I've covered this in other podcasts. Beware the weaponization of space. This could possibly be preparing the public for the need to put weapons up in space. There's a false threat. And again, Stephen Greer says a lot of these craft are, are man-made earth-based secret black projects. I'm going to go off the deep end a little bit, but he's saying, you know, they're going to use these craft to stage an alien invasion. Sounds crazy, right? Well, a month ago, if I would have gone on the mainstream and said UFOs are real, that would have sounded crazy. But that's what Stephen Greer is saying. That's what he's warning about. All I'm saying is, as new stories begin to come out, you're going to be excited. I'm excited. And we're going to get caught up in them. It's hard not to get caught up in this. When that emotional outburst ends... Take a step back and keep this in mind. Could this be a deception? Don't just accept it because it's on CNN. Don't just accept it because you're seeing a spaceship in the air. Keep in mind, there's these projects have been going on for a long time. More, more importantly, we've known about these projects for a long time. Okay, so this little... Pentagon program is nothing compared to what's out there and what I'm confident our government knows. Now, we know they did Project Blue Book and they said, you know, yeah, some of these things might be UFOs, but um, they don't pose a threat to national security, so we're not going to investigate it. That's a load of crap, and you and I know that, okay? Shifting back to this false flag thing, I, I did a show on this way back when I started breaking this story, I guess over a year ago now. Bill Cooper, the late Bill Cooper, uh, one of the early outspoken conspiracy theorists in this modern day movement here, um, he was pro-alien. He was saying, you know, I have seen the documents that aliens are real, that UFOs are real. He's had pictures of bodies. He had this whole fantastic story. But he also used to say, I wonder if they were showing me these documents on purpose, knowing that I was going to go disclose this information later. Okay, that's a long-term op. Planting the seeds of information for people so then they go and disseminate that information so you can't say, 
you can't link him to the government. I mean, well, it's not easy to say Bill Cooper works for the government because he was so against the government. But maybe he was manipulated to do that. And he later acknowledged that. I don't know. He said, maybe they gave me this information because they were hoping I would disseminate it because in the end, before he was killed, his story changed. And he said, this is all a deception. He looked at Project Bluebeam the holographic technology. And he said, this is coming. A staged invasion will be the final step to bring about what he said, the new world order, the new government, the new world government, and a new religion. Now, you're putting aliens in the past, and I'm not saying aliens weren't in the past. I'm saying the way the story is being spun, though, is that aliens are our creators, which may be possible. They may have had a hand in creation. I'm not saying they didn't. Okay? But, you need to be mindful of the spin and you need this is why I say it all the time you need to get in touch with your own intuition you need to quiet everything else out and go within so you can draw your own conclusions when this information comes out or if a major event happens you need to find your own path if they're trying to shape a new belief system, if they're trying, they're trying to alter the direction of human consciousness and human perception because it's another system of control. Just be wary. I'm not saying you have to believe me. I don't want you to believe me. I want you to believe yourself. I want you to look within and do that inner work. Okay. Another angle I want to go on here. Uh, let me go through my checklist here. Uh, Whitley Strieber. I'll, op I'll open it up with, with Whitley Strieber. Because he's one of the pioneers for breaking the abduction story. I mean, it, it doesn't get more original than Whitley Strieber here. And he had something in Whitley's journal on Saturday, December 16th. Uh, he said, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he said, the end of the UFO cover-up is the beginning of the next phase of the phenomenon. Initially, there will be resistance to even mentioning the close encounter phenomenon. But gradually this will move to the center of the human coll colloquy about this unknown presence that is among us. I say unknown, not alien, because that is the essential truth of the matter. It is an unknown presence, not a definite alien presence. I feel that I owe to all of you to add exactly what I might be, might be true here. Uh, and he goes on to talk what he thinks here. He says, first... First, I expect that it will be in part found to involve people who are physically physical in nature and whose biological origin is different from ours. While some of them may well have first emerged on Earth, that will prove not to be their ultimate biological origin. These people could be called aliens, certainly. There will also be two other non-physical forms. First, beings whose origin is not this universe at all, but have learned to penetrate into it. Second, beings, and this is more speculative, who may have once been human, but are now in a different form. Okay, again, Whitley stressed in the beginning though, and I appreciate, and I've always appreciated this about Whitley, right now, all we know is that the New York Times disclosure information, and I'm just going on that, I'm not going on the other information that we know is out there, we just know it's a UFO, that the craft wasn't identified, the pilots, if they had pilots, were not identified, okay, and we need to keep that in mind. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson got in on the mix uh, in a CNN discussion, and he stressed that point. He says, all we know is it's unknown. And he's right. Using the scientific method, we don't know what they are. I, I just didn't like really his tone and his attitude about it. 
I, I feel that he was kind of almost dismissive about it, I guess. I don't dismissive isn't the right word. I think he just he downplayed it. But we don't know what they were. We really don't know what they were. And and I'm sticking to that. Could they be alien? Absolutely. But just because you don't know what it is doesn't make it an alien. If you ever watch, look at the memes of, of Georgios from Ancient Aliens, the, the, the meme out there is, whatever it is, it's aliens. It's aliens, it's aliens, it's aliens, it's aliens. We can't do that. We can't say it. We can't say it's aliens until we can prove that it's aliens. Okay? And again, CNN telling you it's alien doesn't make it an alien. Because we know who the mainstream works for. Or, you know, We know who they don't work for, and that's us. All right, so be, my thoughts are this, though. How do we know they're not from inner earth? How do we know they're not from the depths of the ocean? I don't hear anybody talking about that possibility right there, but that always goes through my head because, again, you look at Graham Hancock's work, Michael Cremo's work, uh, Michael Tessarian's work, you know, the, the, the ancient history stuff. Let's not forget that connection, that earth is very old and that there is ample evidence, tangible evidence that there were high advanced societies on this planet before 6,000 years ago, before Sumeria. Sumeria seems to be the re-emergence of society. So who's to say that these craft, and they still may be alien, but who's to say these craft aren't leftover, aren't remnants from that previous society, okay? This is why I like the flat earth stuff, because the flat earth, I'm not a flat earther, but they t you look at their stuff, and some of this information connects to it. I'm not going to get into that now. Uh, one of the earlier shows I did talks about a lot of these connections to this stuff, but this could just be an inner earth society that's coming out. Again, I'm speculating. I'm going, this is what CNN won't say. We don't know, but we know that there's, at a minimum information out there that's worthy of a detailed investigation imagine if we could use that black budget imagine if we could only use even only use 22 million dollars to investigate one of these possible threads what we could find that you know so these are the questions that need to be asked is it inner earth is it from the ocean a lot of ufos are connected to bodies of water and there, we have known locations of hotspots there. Well, why can't we dedicate money and a team of researchers to go sit at that spot, look at it, probe it, use our high-resolution imagery to try to see what's under there and what's out there? I'm sure that's been done. That information is there. But that didn't come out in this Pentagon study for $22 million. Okay? That's my point here. That information is there. We mentioned Area 51. CNN didn't mention Dulce. They didn't mention anything that's underneath uh, Denver Airport that may be connected to UFOs. We don't. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. But I think we do know more than the mainstream is telling us. I can say that much. All right. So I want to stress these things are unknown. We don't know what they are, but we have our own theories, speculations as to what they might be. So the next, uh, I'd say, the next year is going to be quite interesting for us. I hope more information comes out on this. I, I want to stress, let us be cautious moving forward. You know, uh, analyze that information, absorb that information, but let's be cautious and, and let's give credit where credit's due to those of us that have been in the game. And I, I, I'm being, conceit is not the right word. Uh, I'm not being humble right now, but I think the independent media deserves deserves to cover these stories more than the mainstream does. And that's where you should be going to get your information. Yeah, check the mainstream, see what their spin is. But you want to get your real information. You want to share information on this. Share stuff from the independent media, from the people who have been covering this from the beginning. 
because they're going to give you the whole story and they're going to give you more of the questions than the answers if we don't have them. I don't have the answers. I just have my own crazy conspiracy theories and connections, but they're based on a lot of research into this stuff and to this field. I feel like I'm rambling now, so I'm going to uh, start drawing this to a close. Uh, who else did I want to mention real quick in relationship to this? I did Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, okay, I think that was uh, that was it. But, you know, I'm disappointed of, of the silence of the mainstream. Ray, Ray shared something the other day. It was of some several press briefings through the White House. And just the way they're... they're dodging the UFO question and just not taking it seriously enough. And you really have to wonder why. Um, you know, in this recent release, and if you listen to the audio, uh, you know, more as more information comes out on these recent sightings, they were tracking these craft for two weeks before they were able to get pilots in the air to get video footage of them. So what are they? I, I don't know. But I think it needs our uh, immediate attention and, and continue due diligence in our research. But go within. Uh, we need to do that interconnection. And, and here's the thing. Here's the potential this has. Okay, Whether these are aliens, humans, ancient civilizations, inner earth beings, wh whatever they may be, this has the power to change paradigms, to change the world in a good way or a bad way. I've had some very negative experience experiences with things related to I'd guess the UFO phenomena encounter whatever you want to call it and you know what it's been one of the most enlightening experiences of my life that fear that negativity that embarrassment that ridicule that I've received from people all of it has forced me to grow it's forced me to ask the hard questions, to question what I believe and realize a lot of what I believe has been a lie. And it's forced me to get to know myself. And that was apocalyptic for me. And it's scary. And it's a delicate subject. And a lot of, I've had people reach out to me who are starting to go through this now. It's scary. But it's okay. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's necessary. In Whitley, in Whitley Strieber's uh, newest book, Supernatural, um, he talks about this change in this process, the how he went through a horrible experience. The man was raped. And he talks about that, but he's, he talks about how he's grown from it. Not that the rape was a good thing for him, but the growth and the understanding he gained from it. And sometimes we need to walk through fire. We need to walk through the pits of hell. To gain that enlightenment, if you want that knowledge, it sucks. But sometimes that's the only way to gain that perspective, to learn those hard lessons in life. And this has the potential to do that, to acknowledge we're not alone. The scary thing to acknowledge would be that our government has lied about this. They've known about the threat against the people, the abductions, and have done nothing about it. What would that do to the world if they realize that? And that information I don't think will ever come out. If you're going through this, if you're scared, stay the course. Reach out for help where you can find it. We have resources through the show, through our feeds. We always have people that are of like-minded, who have been through this journey 
you can connect with us through the through the Sixth Sense media feeds. Through you can email me. Um, you know, Ray Davis is a, is a great resource to talk to online. He get with the discussions that he's got going on. You're not alone out there. If you're going through that depression, that fear, that anxiety, that anger, when you're starting to, you know, uncover more information about this, we've all been there. Okay, and we may be there again. Be when a paradigm shifts, that that happens, but it's a part of growth, and it's an important part of growth. Okay, so uh, my best to you out there on this journey. I want to continue. I'm going to shift gears now. Uh, I want to continue with our remote viewing experiment. Uh, we've gotten away from it over the last month. I, I swear, my illness, I think, had... I'm still trying to understand what my illness meant, but I, I swear I was on to something. With the remote viewing, with the disclosure here, I would have loved to have been on there doing live video updates over the past two weeks. Um, I was so sick I couldn't do it. I, I swear, I wonder if there's a connection. The synchronicity is too suspect for me. But anyway... I'm coming back stronger, my friends, and uh, I hope you'll join me on the remote viewing journey because we've been getting some fascinating results. Um, I'm going to give you some coordinates. They're also going to be in the show notes. They're also going to be in the Seeker newsletter when it comes out. Okay. Um, basically, if you're new to it, you, you take a few minutes, you meditate, you breathe in through your nose, you breathe out through your mouth. You calm yourself down uh, and just get yourself into a calm state. And then you write down these coordinates that I'm going to give you. Some people like to touch their pen to the coordinates. And then you start writing down whatever impressions that you get. Now, the impressions that you write down, okay, I'm not asking you to write down what you think it is. That's the last thing I want you to do. I don't want you to do that. What feelings do you get? Do you get a sense of... Is it rough? Is it smooth? Um, is it heavy? Is it light? Is it squishy? Sometimes if you push your pen into the paper, it can give you those perceptions. Okay? Or touch it with your finger. What's your immediate impression? What are you perceiving? What colors are you getting? Okay? What, what, um, what, what weight? What size? All these different things that you want to use to describe this object. And write those descriptors down. I'd rather get descriptions that say uh, orange, heavy, curving, sloping, um, you know, cold. Those descriptors, I think, are better than just maybe like a ball. Those are the descriptors that we want. Now, when you're done, when you feel that you've written down all the descriptions that you possibly can, I, I also recommend try to sketch it. Try to create a drawing of it. Just a brief sketch. Um... And then if you want afterwards, you can try to guess what it is. Or not guess, analyze what you perceive that it might be. Guess is the worst word I could have used. What do you think it is? But I'm more interested in the data than I am in your perception of what the actual target is. Because those are the hits that then we can analyze and look at. And then send it to me, please. Send me what you have so I can track the data. And then I can give you feedback. I will send you a picture of it and let you know what the object was that you're reviewing. Okay, so here are your target coordinates. Write them down. You don't have to do your session now, but you have these coordinates, and, and when you're ready, put them on a plain sheet of white paper as you do your, your uh, analysis. Plain white paper is what you use, so it doesn't influence the mind. Put those, put the date, 
put the coordinates, put the date, and uh, then start writing down your data. So your target coordinates for this week's viewing project are 1, 3, 4, 2, 7, 2, 4, 1. Again, this week's target coordinates are 1, 3, 4, 2, 7, 2, 4, 1. All right, my friends, uh, two more things I want to get to real quick. I want to just take a moment and I want to put out some positive energy and contribute to that uh, positive energy flow out there in the world as opposed to all the negativity that's out there. Um, you know, So I want us to t- just take a moment, please. Close your eyes if you're not driving. Take a few deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Take a minute. And just get yourself in that mindset. And I want you to invoke feelings of happiness, of love, of joy, of caring, of compassion. Think of an experience you've had where you experienced one of those emotions. And get into that experience. And don't just think about it. I want you now to try to feel that feeling. Feel that emotion again that feeling of love, of happiness. Remember that, whether it's a person that you care about, an event that you partook, uh, participated in, feel it. Hold on to that feeling. Feel it in your heart. Focus on your heart. Feel it in your heart. And feel that sensation resonating through your body so you're now experiencing that emotion right now. And now I want you to picture that emotion like a big beam just exploding and radiating out of your heart and going out to the members of your family and the people that you care about. And that is getting stronger and more powerful as it's projecting outward even further to the people in your local community, in your town, in your state, in your country. And now it's enveloping the entire world. You are now contributing to world peace. You are now contributing to raising the vibration of the world in a positive way. You're not fighting negativity. You're changing it. Be the change. You are being that change, my friends. I'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode of The Secret Podcast. I'd love your feedback. Uh, Please don't forget, follow The Sixth Sense Media on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Sixth Sense Media. Twitter, six underscore sense underscore media. Look for the works of Ray Davis of Anunnaki Awakening uh, at the Affirmation Spot. His stuff's coming up on the Twitter feed as well all the time. Be sure to check it out. He's got a ton of great affirmations out there for you if you want to improve your lives in a variety of positive ways. Ray is the man for that. Uh, and, and again, uh, serviceofchange.com. Sign up for the secret newsletter. You also get to read my book for free, I Am Human, and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. Uh, happy Yule to my friends out there, and have a wonderful Christmas holiday, spreading peace, love, and joy. I'll be back in the new year, my friends. Wonderful things are coming despite the scariness that surrounds us. We are the change, and I am proud to be a part of it. Thank you for listening, my friends. Again, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. I am Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. 
Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you.